This is the best of daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer City Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. For more information, go to believerstogether.com. Today we're cutting into the middle of Jesus' prayer there in the garden right before he would be arrested and marched off to the cross and his subsequent resurrection. And it's a powerful chapter. I encourage you to read it all and to absorb it all because the impact is awesome. We're going to be picking it up in verse 18 here where Jesus, again, in the middle of his prayer, says to the Father, As you sent me into the world, even so I have sent them into the world. And Jesus is speaking concerning them. He's talking about his apostles and subsequently us. So how did the Father send Jesus into the world? Incognito? In secret? To a castle or a mansion someplace? No, God dropped Jesus right down in the middle of it all. In the middle of a heated political and religious climate, in the middle of sinful men, in the middle of all of the chaos, he dropped him off on the corner of Main and Broadway, USA, effectively, and he did not insulate him from man nor the world. He put Jesus down right in the middle of it all, and that was not an accident. He came in the middle of the wedding feast that had no wine in the middle of hungry men that wanted fed, in the midst of the storms and the waves, in the middle of tax collectors and legalistic Pharisees. Because you see, God wanted Jesus to live holy in the midst of the unholy, to magnify God in a world that screamed self and pleasure, to give priority to righteousness and love surrounded by wickedness and hate. Now the question naturally arises, Are you out there? Furthermore, if you are, what exactly are you doing out there? I mean, are you out there engaging the culture? Are you there to consume or are you there to be a missionary? No, not with a pious, we're so righteous attitude, but with a position of fear and humility. We are to be in this world, but not part of it. In verse 18, Jesus says that he sent his disciples into the world just as the Father sent him into the world. So once again, just how did the Father send Jesus into the world? He sent Jesus to engage the world and to do so on their turf. So I ask you, how are you fulfilling that calling today? Are you living solely in your church bubble? A place that you might think is safe from, I don't know, being tainted by the dirty sinners out there on the street, out in the world. Now, before you accept this call and step out of the street, let's read this next verse. Verse 19 says, For their sakes I sanctify myself, that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. Now here Jesus again essentially calls us to suit up for the battle. He desires that we be sanctified, set apart for God, the things and the ways of God and the kingdom pursuits. We are sanctified, we are set apart by the truth, by the truth because the world, you see, does not have the truth. Therefore, unless we take it to them, they're lost in the lies of Satan. So what do we do? Well, 
we suit up with Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, and we engage in basic training via church and Christian community, we need to understand that unless we're willing to so engage the world at large, we are living merely a moral gospel and we do not understand the truth and we do not understand the impact of the cross of Christ. Verse 20 of our text says, Not for these only do I pray. Again, Jesus speaking about those apostles. But for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us and the world may believe that you sent me. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. For those who reject the message that I'm giving here, the comeback is so often that what Jesus was saying really was only aimed at those apostles that were present that day. But almost in anticipation of that, Jesus clarifies in verse 20 that this message and this prayer is for all of us. What he is saying in this passage is for all those who believe in him, And that, my friends, means all of us that count ourselves Christians. Why should it be thought strange then that the work of the Holy Spirit in the hearts of believers after they are converted should follow exactly the same pattern Jesus is speaking of here? We cannot seek a sanctification that is different from or apart from that which Jesus possessed because there is none. In this matter, as well as all matters of doctrine and faith, Jesus is calling us to be united, to be one. And he can do that because we are to base such on truth. And that truth is no more, no less than his living word. He did not call on some of us to be over here in this belief system and others to be over there in that belief system while all still calling ourselves Christians. No, we're called to a concrete unity, and that is a unity based on his word. Jesus sought that they may be one. And there is not a case of my truth and your truth, because it's his truth, and we are all called to get on that one train. And you may think, why is this so important? Well, because unless we do, we only perpetuate the world's view that all of this Christian stuff, well, it's just so confusing and ambiguous. That faith somehow can be a smorgasbord of doctrine where we just pick and choose the aspects of faith that we find comfortable, and then we just build our own version of Christianity. Now, understand this. This is not a matter of the insignificant issues of our external religious manifest. That's not what we're talking about. Things like how we dress or what church we go to or whether we use King James or NIV or or whether we're into hymnals or an electric guitar. This is an issue of the unity believers in the character and nature of Christ and embracing and manifesting the sanctification that Jesus embraced and manifested. You see, Christianity, in its truth, only has one version, and it's his version. And in this, and only in this, will the world believe in Christ. And by the way, verse 20, man, that verse allows every believer everywhere to say, you know what? Jesus prayed for me 2,000 years ago. (laughs) That's awesome. That was a daily devotional 
by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer City Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. For more information on Pastor Tim Dodson or Believer City Church, visit believerstogether.com.